on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. Or how about on the ESPN app where you can listen wherever you go. Just download the ESPN app, find the Listen tab, find ESPN Syracuse, or perhaps ESPN Utica, Rome, and then you hit it, and then you're off into the world. You're doing things. You are out and about. It's... The second day of summer, you have places to go. The beach, camp, golf course, places to go outdoors. Well, do these things and take us with you wherever you go, except the bathroom. That's kind of gross. And the way you do that is on the ESPN app. Here's how you get in touch with the program today. would love to hear from you throughout the afternoon. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. want to discuss something that I put out there on Twitter today. Twitter can be, well, Twitter. I just love the way people respond to a certain thing and forget you're a fan, you're not on the team. The response that I get from fans sometimes when I ask this question, it's just like, hey, know your role, do your job as a fan, as Bill Belichick would say, right? So we'll get to that coming up. So Brent Axe Media on Twitter, the way to respond, Uh, the text line, it's another terrific way to get in touch with the program. And the On the Block text line is 288-0644-315 in front of that. Of course, hit us anytime on the text line, and we will read the best ones as they come uh, throughout the program. We have two guests that are going to join us today. Eric Cole is going to join us in this hour, not the former Carolina Hurricane from Oswego, though it would be nice to catch up with that Eric Cole. So we'll keep that in mind uh, for the future here but this eric cole writes for sb nation he is a baseball writer he wrote a terrific column the other day about a misperception in baseball that it is not pace of play it is a marketing issue and and it just really gets into the weeds about baseball and you know kind of some true assessments about the game and the health of the game and where it's at and some things that are maybe misconstrued a little bit so i just want to talk a little baseball with eric cole we'll do that this hour, first time on the show, looking forward to uh, checking in with him. Not the first time on the show for this guy, but first time we've talked to him in a while. Our good friend Kevin Connors, Ithaca grad, Buffalo Bills fan, Yankees fan, yeah, whatever. He's going to join us later in the show, Kevin Connors from ESPN. 
Top of next hour, right about uh, this time, an hour from now. We'll check in with Kevin on the Yankees. I was not on the air here in Syracuse yesterday. We did a Utica-only show. It was great to be out in the Mohawk Valley again yesterday. Still uh, enjoying the afterglow of the many half moons and jelly buns I have consumed in the 24 hours since we've been in Utica. And we did this on our Utica-only show yesterday. So for those of you kind of hanging in Syracuse today, I just I am amused by the notion of Yankees having to earn their pinstripes. Like you're a true Yankee now, and and that comes from Giancarlo Stanton hitting that big homer the other night to give the Yankees a comeback win. And, and the response from Yankee fans was, you're a true Yankee now. And I'm just like, you know when Giancarlo Stanton became a true Yankee? When you committed to paying him about $300 million. That's when he became a Yankee. That's when he earned his pinstripes. But if it makes you feel better to say that, which is something I see no other fan base in sports do, then knock yourself out. So we'll have some fun with that, with Kevin, talk some bills, and, of course, the NBA draft, which we will get into with you want to try and find the range where Tyus Battle would have gone in the NBA draft last night. Had he been in the NBA draft last night, I believe he would have been selected. So we will get into that and uh, hot takes as usual coming up and a few other fun things here on a Friday afternoon. But I kind of do want to start with the NBA draft because through the week and going into last night, there were a few things I was wondering about. Would the draft itself take center stage, the players and where they're going, or would there be some big trade that would be a big forecast to, say, Kawhi Leonard's future or LeBron James' future or a draft night deal for teams to position themselves for this big free agency that's coming once again? I don't know if it's going to be as insane as last summer was, but I think the NBA certainly enjoys that they've taken the mantle from the National Football League as the most interesting off-season league in professional sports these days. So we'll, I didn't really get that sense from the draft last night. There's the usual thing we can do, you know, going through the draft and who picked where and who did well and draft grades, and, and that's fine, and we can do that. And I, I would certainly welcome your comments on that, what the Knicks did and whoever you're a fan of. There's Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN, finding uh, every corner of the thesaurus to describe his tweets and something we didn't think we were going to see, but we did see last night. All right, we have been uh, zeroing in on talking to one. <laughs> we've been we've been laser focused on talking to one insider here. Um, and so let's just, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that in a minute. Uh, just, just, you try, just trying to follow rules, Scott. I, I, I understand. I, I understand. It's, you know, let's, I'll just the hell with it. What, was it. what was your favorite synonym? What were you proudest of? <laughs> Which one? I think the double negative on the Jazz. Yeah, they, they were not going to yeah. definitely not take him, whatever, they, yeah. whatever it was you said. Yeah. All right. That's Scott Van Pelt and Woj last night on SportsCenter. And, yes, well done. Well done by Woj. And it really gets into... How many people really care about this? Like, I feel like this is inception. I think, like, most of you listening last night, or listening now, watching the draft last night, were not also on Twitter. I still think we overestimate how many people do the double device thing. Watch sports with Twitter open, and or any form of social media for that matter. Because I still think a vast majority of you don't. So this kind of becomes like an inner circle media thing, and we bring it onto the air. And I think a lot of you are like, what are you talking about? 
There's a lot of you that just watched the NBA draft last night and got the picks as they came. It was interesting, though, from this standpoint. So if you're somebody who's like, what are you talking about? What's Twitter? I don't care about this. So throughout the years, the last five years in particular, Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN, would report the picks well ahead of time before the ESPN broadcast. At the time, Woj was working for Yahoo. So he was he was a competitor of ESPN. He took great pleasure in beating ESPN in its own game. The fact that Woj is now at ESPN is a major deal because, I mean, those two were cutthroat competitors for a long time, and Woj was killing them. Here you have ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports, the rights to the NBA, paying all this money, supposed to have the best talent, and Woj would destroy them on draft night. So people picked up on this and got it out there, you know, You'd have Adam Silver at the podium announcing, say, you know, just for argument's sake, the fifth pick in the draft. And Woj would be telling us what the 12th pick of the draft was going to be. And he would be right. So ESPN, of course, says, if we can't beat him, join him. And they buy Woj and they bring him in. And he's now a brand, you know, much like Adam Schefter is, is kind of the lead information guy in the NBA. So what we were told before the draft last night was that Woj or anybody would not tip picks, or at least the understanding was that don't tell us who the picks are. And technically, Woj did not do that. Woj found creative wordplay to tell us who teams were targeting, zeroing in on. I do not believe this team will pass on this guy. The New York Knicks are very interested in this guy. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I don't believe this name will get past. It was just brilliant on his part. ESPN backed him up today, by the way. It's not, here's the fascinating part about this. Not only the two-screen world we've become and how that incorporates how people watch things, and Twitter is not always good. I mean, I'm on Twitter a lot. I'm on social media. It's kind of part of the world we live in today. But you can, you can fall in a echo chamber in Twitter, and I think we have to be careful about that because like I said most of you are not on it here's what's interesting to me though if I'm ESPN and uh, alert potentially to get electric shocks from Bristol here this is what I do for you people I risk these things if I'm ESPN and I'm paying a billion dollars right coach billion dollars with a B for the rights to the NBA You know what I tell Adam Silver when he politely requests that I don't tip picks? How about you kick rocks? How about Woj is my star? This is why we brought him. If he's got the information, we're going to report it, even though the draft is a television show. We may have moved past the part where the draft as a presentation, as a television show, is the way we are informed about where these players are going. That is old school now. It is not done that way. The NFL has gone out of their way to make sure we don't know, but we are at an accelerated rate where people have information and they can get it to us faster. That's progress. That is a good thing. And if I'm the NBA and I'm getting all this money from ESPN, Turner doesn't you know, broadcast the draft, but Turner also pays the NBA. Billion dollars. So I would politely tell Adam Silver, you know that check I just cut you for a billion? We're going to let Woj do his thing. Now, I think you can make the argument of what is the benefit of Woj getting something 
45 seconds before it goes on television to anybody else but him. Here's where I'm saying, if I'm ESPN, like, okay, look. This only helps one person, and it helps you. This doesn't help us. It doesn't help the broadcast. It doesn't help the league. It helps you. Because the players know. Like, it's not a surprise when Adam Silver comes to the podium that they've been picked. They know. They've been given a phone call. They've been informed. They're bracing themselves. They go up there. They get the hat on. They do the handshake and the whole deal. I just wonder how much you care about this. And if you're someone who gets annoyed by Woj or any reporter tipping this stuff, well, there's an easy solution to it. Don't go on Twitter, right? You can mute Woj for the night. You can stay off Twitter. This is very easy. This is not, see, there's certain things you don't spoil, right? There's like a 24-hour window of a a like major Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, big-time show, everybody's watching, don't spoil it, right? Like there's a 24-hour rule. I think everybody's kind of cool with that. Movies are tricky these days because people see big movies at a different rate. But it to me, that's like a week. If, if there's a major movie that you're a big fan of, like if there's some major twist in Jurassic World, which I don't imagine, oh, the dinosaurs got loose and they're wrecking havoc. Wow, I've never seen that before. But if there's some major twist, like there was a big twist at the end of Solo, like you got to lay off revealing that for about a week. Woj isn't doing that. Woj is revealing something we're all going to find out together in like 45 seconds. And if you don't want to find out, well... You have two choices. You can get off Twitter or you can, you know, get in your Doc Brown DeLorean and go back in time and, and avoid that, right? I just found that fascinating, the way he got around that. Now, the draft itself, we, we'll go through it, who won, who lost, and all that fun stuff, and where Tyus Battle would have went. And there were some interesting moves made last night. But I, I just, to me, that and the fact that somebody got drafted, went to a podium, and described how great it would be to play for his hometown team and then walks off the podium and finds out, oh, by the way, you're not going there. Another kind of archaic tactic that needs to be done away with if you're the NBA. So we'll get to that a little later on. I do want to take a phone call or two, then we'll get uh, our buddy Eric Cole, our new buddy Eric Cole, here, and not the former hockey player, unfortunately, but we will uh, catch up with him soon. No, Eric Cole, great baseball writer, will join us Coming up. First, let's hit the phones a little bit. 437-7644. Mike in Oswego on the block with us here leading things off today. Mike, how you doing, bud? Good. How are you? Happy I'm, Friday. Happy Friday, man. What's cooking? So I was you were mentioning about doing Twitter and watching sports. You are the direct reason why I do Twitter and watching sports, believe it or not. Oh, well, thank you very uh, much. No, there was a I think it was a couple years ago. I can't remember if it was basketball or football. And there was an ESPN three game, and the whole broadcast died. And there was only a couple minutes left, and it was a close game. And I remember just rapid firing update, update, update just <laughs> from you to see what the heck was going on. See, that's where Twitter's that. good, right? When you know you're you can't get in front of a TV, or you're somewhere you need to be, and you can't watch the game. Or in that case, it just blacks out. And you know, you got me and Mike Waters and certain people that are doing that, and. To be honest with you, Mike, I've always wondered about that because I don't want to just tweet play-by-play and stuff like that, but it's encouraging to hear from people like you, like, no, do it, because I rely on you to get those updates. So it's a balance, and I think people know, like, look, during the game, this is going to happen. 
you are more than welcome to mute me if you don't want to get uh, frequent updates. But, you know, it's nice to hear this side of it, too. Yeah, I totally appreciate it. And uh, go Orange. There you go, Mike. Appreciate that. See, and that's where Twitter can be good, right? I mean, some people get annoyed at that. It's like, yes, I'm watching the game. I don't need play-by-play. And it's kind of like, well, when I don't, here's the thing on that. When I don't do it, I hear from more people that complain versus the ones that complain I am doing it, believe it or not. All right, on that note, we'll take a break. We'll come back to some NBA draft stuff a little later in the show, including my top five favorite woge ways to describe tipping picks last night. My man had his thesaurus wide open. It was great. Uh, Eric Cole is going to join us next. Talk some baseball, though. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Hey, it's summer. You got to get physical, right? You got to get out there. You got to some exercise on the bike. Take some walks with the dog. Get out there, baby. Do your thing. Great to have you here on the block, which is presented by Fusillo Automotive. Yeah, that's Olivia Newton John. Look, you never know what you're going to get when you hit the 80s bump. That's just what happens, right? Uh, on that note, we transition to the NBA draft. In particular, a couple things Syracuse-related on the NBA draft, which we didn't have a lot of because Tyus Battle pulled the ripcord and pulled out and is coming back to Syracuse, which made the NBA draft kind of anticlimactic last night, but certainly in the long-term big picture for next season, much better news for Syracuse fans, right? So a couple things here. We're already, of course, looking forward to the 2019 NBA draft where Syracuse could potentially have two players go in the first round. I think they will have two players go in the first round, and those two players will be Tyus Battle and O'Shea Brissett. Let's go back to just a few weeks ago when the decision was made, what the scout who knows was telling me, what the projections were, and people were looking at it saying, okay, this is where you would go in this draft. The 2019 draft, and a lot can change between here and there. And Kevin Connors just brought it up with us a few minutes ago. Michael Porter Jr. was the number one pick. I mean, this was locked in. He was the guy. It was going to happen. Certainly if the rule existed that he could go straight from high school to the NBA draft, he would have been the number one overall pick. But a lot can change in a year. A Luka Donjic or John Don Cheadlech, or however you pronounce his name, John Donchich, can emerge from the European shadows, or a player can just have a huge jump, one way or the other, and emerge. So, projecting these things a year ahead of time is a foolhardy business. But the 2019 draft does provide opportunity. Now, we've seen what could happen to the fortunes of players that come back. Grayson Allen was once a lottery pick. He went 21st to Utah last night, which is still a first-round pick. That's a fit. That's a good team for him to go to. That's still decent money. It's guaranteed three-year deal. But being a lottery pick is you know, kind of why you do this one-and-done thing. That's where you want to go. So the early read on the 2019 NBA mock drafts are NBADraft.net has O'Shea Brissett 26th battle still going second round. The big lead has Tyus going 16th and did not have O'Shea in the first round. Bleacher Report has O'Shea going 20th first-round pick but does not have Tyus as a first-round pick next year. ESPN's early mock 
has O'Shea going 34th, which is just outside the first round. Uh, CBS and Yahoo did not have either player, but uh, notably they only did the lottery. I think O'Shea and Tyus both go first round next year. And that's to say that O'Shea will leave, and I think he will. Now, where would Tyus have gone in this draft? Because the projections were kind of in that 40-ish range. Some people had him going even lower than that. But I thought it would be interesting to now get beyond the big guns here. Get beyond the guards that he was just not going to top. Doncic, Trey Young. I'm just I'm going to go through the list here. Okay. Now try and open your mind a little bit here. Try and be objective about this. But I think most Syracuse fans can be in this case because I think, and not just for selfish reasons, Syracuse fans looked and said, You got to come back. When we talked to the scout who knows, and he looked at it and saw him in Chicago, had scouted him a number of times, compared him to other guards, he gave us the strengths and weaknesses. He told us how the NBA game projected for Tyus and how it didn't, where he fit in the mold, and why it was better for him to come back for a number of reasons. So all that being said, I'm just going to go through the guards here, and let's try and find the ding. Let's try and find the where you felt he would have went last night. And that's a hard thing to project, but let's just go through it here. Now, I'm going to go through all the names here. I don't think he would have been a first-round pick, but just to give you a sense of how stacked the deck was, okay? So Luka Doncic goes third to Atlanta, the trade and everything, but we knew he'd be a top-three pick. Trey Young, Oklahoma, goes fifth to Dallas. And again, the trade was made. Doncic ends up there. He ends up in Atlanta, but that's how it kind of played out in the draft here. Colin Sexton, which pretty much everybody knew would be a top 10 pick, goes to Cleveland. Already uh, pining for LeBron James to come play with him there. Then you had Alexander went to Kentucky, or from Kentucky, pardon me, the guard there, who went to Charlotte. Jerome Robinson went a lot higher than most people thought from Boston College. He goes 13th to the Clippers. Then he had Troy Brown, Shooting guard from Oregon, go 15th. Dante DiVincenzo, the star of the national title game, he goes to Villanova. Lonnie Walker from Miami, six players from the ACC, by the way, went in the first round. Kevin Herter from Maryland. Josh Akogi from Georgia Tech. Grayson Allen. Chandler Hutchinson. Aaron Holiday. Anthony Simmons. Those are all guards. Point guard or shooting guard. There was a run of, like, Eight straight picks there for guards. Now, did any of those names that I just said pop in your head to go, no, Tyus should have went there, fit that team better, and is a better pick. Anthony Simmons goes 24th to Portland. Landry Shamet from Wichita State, point guard, goes 26th. So that's the last guard in the first round. So now we're getting into that run in the second round here. Now you've got a point guard from France who goes. And this is always the risk you take if you're in that category and there's really nothing that makes you stand out in that group of players. Javon Carter from West Virginia went 32nd. Jalen Brunson from Villanova went 33rd. Devontae Graham from Kansas fell to the second round. He goes 34th to Atlanta. Gary Trent Jr. from Duke went 37th. I don't think Tyus would have went before him. 
Kyrie Thomas from Creighton, 138th. Now we're down to 42. Bryce, or pardon me, Bruce Brown from Miami goes 42 to the Detroit Pistons. The next guards off the board. Isuf Senan, I believe is how you say this, from Ukraine. He goes 44th to Washington. Hamadou Diallo from Kentucky goes 45th. Now I think we're in Tyus' range here. Because there's just a run on players you're taking a shot at, and they're second-round picks. They're not, you know, you get usually a one-year guaranteed deal out of this, if anything, but you're stashing players. These are G League guys. These are where he would have been had he stayed in this draft. So I think we're in Tyus' range here. But you tell me where you think he goes. You had DeAnthony Melton, went to Houston 46th. Let's see. The guy from Kansas whose name's like I can never pronounce. McCulloch, I believe is how you say it, right? Uh, Tony Carr from Penn State, 51st. Now, here's where we're squarely in Tyus territory. I certainly think he's a better player and would have went before Tony Carr or around Tony, Tony Carr because Tony Carr is described in the exact same fashion that Tyus is. Excellent size, length, scoring instincts, tremendous shot-making prowess. But they question whether he's actually a point guard or a small two. Historically poor, two-point percentage, massive red flag that raises a huge question about his ability to create his own shot and finish with touch at the NBA level. Average ball handler who's not blessed with a great first step. Tyus does have a great first step. His handle would be questioned. He's a better scorer. He's bigger. He's a better athlete. I think... He goes certainly before him. So as I watched it go through last night, I was trying to objectively look at, like, would Tyus have gone over any of these guys? And I don't think the answer was yes. So I think it's hard to say he made the right call at this point because you don't know what can happen between here and next year. But most experts say the 2019 draft provides more of kind of a weaker field and the opportunity to move up if – and Tyus, I don't think, is going to match the numbers he had last year because they leaned on him so much last year because the team obviously was depleted. I mean, he set all kinds of records just because he had to play 40 minutes a game. He's going to play a lot next year. It's not like he's going to drop from 40 minutes to 28. But if he maintains the averages he has with more balance, more depth, the ball getting spread around more, it's only going to help his call. Talk a little bit more about the draft coming up, including my top five favorite ways that Woj tip picks last night. Plus, why do Syracuse basketball fans get so cranky about a certain thing that I put out, which I did today? We'll describe that next. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.